Welcome to The Definitive Rap, where we report the truth about American exceptionalism. We love our flag, we love our country, and we believe in America. The Definitive Rap, where we respect people of faith, the men and women in blue, and our support for Israel. And now your hosts, Bela Sebro. She's the nice one. And Alan Skorsky. Uh, he's not so nice. But together they are the definitive rap. I'm Alan Skorsky with my co-host Bela Seabrow, and welcome to the definitive rap, where we discuss the news items the mainstream media just won't touch. The definitive rap is proud to be the official podcast of vinnews.com. Tonight, we are doing a late-breaking news story on an anti-Semitic incident that took place in Southfield, Michigan last Thursday, which has now gone viral across Jewish international media outlets. A Yemeni Muslim, an active blogger who goes by the name Dalla Mullah, walked into the one-stop kosher supermarket and started harassing Jewish shoppers by putting his cell phone in their faces with the caption, Free Palestine. He confronted shoppers and asked them to read the caption while he recorded them on another cell phone. As all of us saw from the videos, some shoppers walked away while others didn't know how to respond. It wasn't until the near end of the video where an Arabic-speaking Israeli got in his face and told him there is no Palestine. Tonight's guest from Oak Park, Michigan is Aaron Tobin, who is a community activist and an NRA-certified armed safety expert and instructor and a ZOA board member of the Michigan chapter. And tonight, he has exclusive breaking news for us about what happened right after this perpetrator left the store. Aaron, welcome to the Definitive Wrap. Thank you. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. You spoke earlier about how you were alerted to what happened at the store and the aftermath. Please tell us what happened. Well, I was in the store shortly after this happened, and they said, oh, Aaron, you missed it. You missed it. We should have called you. As, uh, there was an incident a few years ago where I had uh, uh, tackled and captured a, a purse snatcher that was working in the store, in, in the store and right outside of the store. So um, this uh, young Arab man came into a kosher grocery store. So this is something I would say 98% of the uh, clientele are Orthodox Jews or, or it's a Jewish known store. And he was harassing, intimidating, and uh, just really trying to um, terrorize in a nice way, terrorize uh, the the Jews that are simply shopping there for your everyday groceries, milk, eggs, bread, and a little intimidation to go along with that. So um, this is something that we're not going to tolerate in Detroit. If you remember back in Paris in 2015, and in Jersey City, New Jersey in 2019, where Arabs, uh, Muslims, Arabs went into grocery stores and, and murdered Jews just because they were Jews and in a grocery store. This is how it starts. You send in somebody. Uh, Hamas and ISIS is very active on social media. This is how they find their people and their, um, their members and how they um, promote their activities. And this this tweet and his ugly video already is close to 300,000 views. The Israeli person at the end is a, a, a friend of mine. His number, his business phone number happened to be on the back of his sweatshirt. And this uh, Arab so-called comedian 
told his friends to call and leave harassing messages and he had to disconnect his number. This is a phone number for his business. Right. That was not reported in the news, by the way. Right. So this, you see the post, it's on, uh, it's on Instagram. There's a lot of stuff that wasn't reported on the news. Um, After this Israeli man uh, told him there is no Palestine, I believe they swore at each other in Arabic. I really have to commend the Israeli for keeping his cool and beautifully articulating that there is no Palestine, which made him the Arab incensed because somebody stood up to him. You got to remember, Detroit's in the Midwest. We're very polite people. It's not that people didn't know how to answer him. It's just that we are so polite here in Metro Detroit that they just ignored him and, and walked away. We knew how to answer him. One thing um, that, it, unlike Paris and unlike Jersey City, we are armed in Detroit and we will defend ourselves and, and our children. I have at least three students. I teach the concealed weapons course, CPL is called, concealed pistol license course here in Michigan. And I know three of my students were in that store at the time and they were carrying weapons. So warning to you, Mr. Instagram comedian, this isn't Paris and this isn't New Jersey. This is good Detroit Absolutely and good we are you. armed and we are going to defend ourselves and our community. Right. Aaron, Aaron you told me earlier, you told me earlier that uh, you had followed him or that you knew you know where he works. Uh, are you able to track down where his car was? Can you tell us about that? So it wasn't myself. Uh, a community member followed the car that he left in. He was being driven by another young man, and they went to a business across the street. Um, I went and I talked to the business owner to find out if he actually had worked there or not. And uh, I have a meeting with the owner tomorrow to talk about. Uh, what he knows about the employee, if he had been in the store, if uh, this person still is an employee, his employee, because the store owner said, listen, if there's somebody working here that was part of anything like that, he will be fired. So, Aaron, um, I'm going to go back a bit in history because most major issues have a foundation from the ground up, meaning very little happens just by chance. And from what I know, Detroit, Michigan is no stranger to anti-Semitism, going back as far as 1920 when Henry Ford used his newspaper, the Dearborn Independent, to carry on an an active anti-Semitic campaign. While he did apologize for the articles, the fact is that his anti-Jewish sentiments ran deep, and as some feel, it created a profound culture of political change. Not only that, but an even bigger issue is the controversy resulting from a series called The International Jew, The World's Problem. And this series, that people who are familiar with it, and I'm sure you are as well, accused Jews of controlling the international banking system. So in essence, the Jews, according to the, the series, are responsible for the problems of the world. So when you generate such hatred, there is no doubt that it eventually leads to hateful acts. So my question, Aaron, is prior to this incident to the kosher market, what has life been like for the Jews in Detroit? Has there been any other similar disturbances, particular, particularly of this nature? Well, as a matter of fact, um, Dearborn, Michigan, which is about 15 minutes from Oak Park, 20 minutes from Oak Park, is the largest Arab population outside of the Middle East. Let me repeat Interestingly. that. Dearborn, Michigan 
is the largest Arab population outside of the Middle East. They have Hamas operatives, they have ISIS members and operatives, they have summer camps here in Michigan where they train uh, young men in how to shoot their weapons and how to be effective on campuses uh, promoting BDS and anti-Israel activities. So these people leave Dearborn, they get trained in Dearborn, they go to Michigan State University, Wayne State University, uh, uh, the University of Michigan, and uh, as a board member on the uh, Zionist Organization of America, ZOA Michigan, uh, that's one of the things that we fight and we help educate our young people on our campuses. But yes, uh, by the way, Henry Ford never apologized for hating the Jews. He never did. He wrote a blank well, check. This, you know, <laughs> and Hitler. according to the media, they say that he did, but you know, who knows? His son did. His son made up, tried to make up for the evils of his father most of his life and really did a lot of uh, good in, in uh, turning back the hate that his father had done and and supported many, many Jewish organizations. So but that's not really an issue. The Ford, you know, people drive Fords, but um, that's not really the issue. The issue is uh, Dearborn being such a hotbed of Jew hatred, of anti-Semitism. Uh, let's just call it Jew hatred. Anti-Semitism is a nice word that the ADL likes to use. Right. right. Uh, Dearborn is a hotbed of Jew hatred, and it's not just anti-Israel. As you can see, coming into a grocery store in Oak Park where people are buying milk eggs and cheese has no. nothing to do with the Absolutely state of not. Israel. No. This is pure Jew hatred and it should be prosecuted as, as a hate crime. And I happen to know that law enforcement right now is looking into this person's background and possible bring, bringing hate crime charges against him and whoever helped him, like his driver and the people on Facebook that are now trying to drive this Israeli out of business. So what do we know about him at this point, at this early uh, stage? Well, he's got, I think, a couple hundred thousand followers on uh, on, on Instagram. Uh, he's on Facebook. For a while, I think they took down one of his posts, Instagram, and then they, they put it back up. Uh, you know, it's very Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. They, they get right on you when you're... Uh, you're like, like, let's say the conservative woman, but when you hate Jews, anything goes. You say something against other minorities, like Louis Farrakhan, he can say whatever he wants against Jews, but uh, Jews are an easy target, but I'm letting these, guy, these guys know. You guys in Dearborn, this is Detroit. We are armed, we will defend ourselves, and we will defend our families. Uh, and our synagogues, places of worship, grocery stores, and uh, we are prepared. Aaron, I want to ask you, you know, every state has a different response to different you know, world events. Uh, following the shooting at the Pittsburgh synagogue a few years ago uh, here in Long Island, New York, uh, the police went around to all the synagogues. It was on Shabbos and told the rabbis what had happened and that they were going to offer extra patrols until, you know, we figure out how we're going to defend ourselves moving forward in Michigan. What is the response like from the Jewish community? Um, again, I grew up in Michigan myself, so I know I'm very well aware of the influence um, and the political clout of uh, the Palestinians and Muslims in Dearborn, Michigan, as you pointed out. Um, but how seriously do the shuls 
in uh, in Detroit take up. Uh, there are a lot of shuls for a small community. You've got shuls on every every few blocks. Do they take it seriously? Uh, was this past event a wake up call to them, or were they saying, "Well, it's just one guy who walked into a store and not recognizing that this could have easily have been a reconnaissance mission?" I can't speak for all the shuls. I uh, as a CPL instructor, I've trained. There's several shuls where I trained three people per shul to carry a, a gun, a handgun on Shabbos. And they know um, you can't just carry a gun to shul, really. You need to know about what, when you can use the gun, meaning not to harm anybody, any bystanders. You have to practice at least once or twice a month, so you're proficient in the use of the handgun. I've helped several shuls with their safety programs, uh, ex- meaning escape plans, who is in charge if, God forbid, something happens, how to get people out of the synagogue in an orderly, efficient manner, where, if you can't get out, where to take cover, and what is adequate, adequate cover. Some shuls just want to ignore it. Uh, during the uh, riots in the summer, over last summer, I organized about 30 people, 30 Jewish men. Some were armed, some were not. We were the eyes and ears of the police. We uh, worked together with the Oak Park Police and the Southfield Police Department. This last incident happened in the Southfield uh, city of Southfield. And we guarded overnight for about three or four nights in a row. Every synagogue from here in Southfield and several in West Bloomfield and every Jewish business. Like the, the where this happened, it used to be called One Stop Kosher Grocery. Now it's called The Grove. So we have somebody sitting out there and um, that, they thought twice about causing okay. any problems. Good. So uh, before we go, just any closing sentiments? So you t- said t- tomorrow you're going to be meeting with the owner of the gas station. Uh, what are the next steps as far as you know? We said that law enforcement is looking into this guy's background. Uh, what do you see as being the ne- next steps and how long do you think all of this should uh, should happen? This was more than uh, some guy coming into a store and and insulting somebody and walking out. This could be seen as terroristic activity. It was for sure intimidation. It was a verbal assault. He was there to intimidate and scare people and uh, cause to strike fear in the hearts of these Jewish people. And I'm telling this guy, he, he messed up. This is Detroit. We're not just going to sit back and take it. We're going to see every legal method we can. If that starts at getting um, an order for him to stay off the property, where it will then become a, a felony if he comes back on, on the property of the grocery store, all the way up to uh, federally, uh, this is a federal uh, hate crime because now it's been all over the internet. It's, uh, I mean, he might have done himself in with the, the publicity that he got, but and he definitely harmed this Israeli, knowingly went out to harm this Israeli's business by right. telling his followers to call and tie up his phone lines and leave right. disgusting right. messages. Right. Okay. One last question. Aaron, you do wonderful work, specifically in terms of being a good Samaritan. And personally, I am awed by your acts of heroism. And I read about you. And so um, just tell us a little bit about why you were alerted. In other words, I understand that you're an activist, but does the community typically reach out to you as the guy who can take, take charge of such matters? When somebody wants uh, 
gun training and they want to get a concealed weapons permit, I do get a lot of calls. And I think I've taught more Orthodox Jews than probably anybody. But the, uh, the thing that the strike against me is that nine or ten, nine, eight or nine out of ten people say, Aaron, I'm going to take the class, but on one condition. You can't tell anybody. I don't want anyone to know that I'm carrying a gun or that I took the class even. <laughs> Right. And um, I can understand that. There's still that notice, no, that that notion, that uh, gullus type mentality that a nice Jewish boy doesn't carry a gun, right. and it's not true. And a lot of these people that I I hear this from, that oh yeah, nice Jewish boy doesn't carry a gun. I like, have you been to Israel? You walk into their version of a Seven Eleven, I call it. There's young ladies with fully automatic M16s. Yes. It's yes. it's really yes. ridiculous. So yeah, I'm a person that is called on a lot, but thankfully we have many good uh, law enforcement professionals. Uh, Director Cooper of the Oak Park Police is fantastic. He works with the Jewish community. And uh, the Southfield D Police Department, West Bloomfield D Police Department, we have very, very good police departments here. And uh, I think we have a lot of Jews that know that you are your first responder. And that's one of the right. things that I teach in a class. You are your own first responder. So Excellent. Jews are be becoming alert. They're very, uh, I would say, cautious about what's going on with the current administration and our gun rights. And there's a lot of people. If I could teach 24-7, I would have students. That's how many people now want to get their handguns before they feel the, the uh, there will be roadblocks put up to where they can no longer uh, exercise their Second Amendment rights. Okay. Oh, okay. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, we want to thank you so much for joining us um, at such me. short notice. Um, and thank you to our listening audience and also to vinnews.com for being their official podcast. Thanks for listening to The Definitive Wrap with your hosts, Bela Sebro and Alan Skorsky. Be sure to tell your family and friends they also can listen to The Definitive Rap on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and your favorite streaming service. See you next time on The Definitive Rap.